Welcome to the Goddesses of Social Work podcast, hosted by Renita Ray Davis, licensed clinical social worker, board-approved social work clinical supervisor, and facilitator of the Goddesses of Social Work supervision community. Join us as we travel through the social work journeys told by the Goddesses of Social Work community members, past and present, as they make their way toward clinical licensure. Welcome to the Goddesses of Social Work podcast. In today's episode, Lucretia Johnson will be joining us. Lucretia Johnson, licensed master social worker, is from Opelak, Alabama. She received her bachelor's of social work from Auburn University and her master of social work from Troy University. Lucretia has worked with children and family services, as well as served as a medical social worker. Lucretia is currently working at Charlie Norwood VA in Augusta, Georgia. In her free time, Lucretia enjoys anything that caters to her self-care, like working out, shopping, traveling, and lying in bed watching movies. Welcome, Lucretia. We're glad to have you. Thank you for having me. Yay. Lucretia, I love that your bio, the end of your bio, talks about self-care. And as you know, I think it was in it was recent. I won't speak on the year, but recently the NASW Code of Ethics changed or updated. Our, our code of ethics to include self-care. And so I know that's why it's important to me to make sure that we really encourage our social workers to um, to to do self-care. But why, why in your bio and everything, self-care is what you do. Why is it so important to you? Um, I say uh, self-care is a big part of me because simply because, of course, I have lupus. Um, so I do have to make sure that I'm okay first on um, this as far as my energy, my health, just everything. Um, because sometimes I just be very low, my energy be very low. So I just got to make sure that I'm at a good high point so that I'm able to do my daily life activities. Um, and just to get my mind clear, um, and just just to keep going, just keep going. I just feel like if I don't take that time out just to sit back and just take a breath, um, I'll just be all over the place. I'll explode. So <laughs> definitely the self-care is a big thing for me. I love it. This I know we weren't gonna go there. And if this is too personal a question, obviously, you know, I'm in my social work mode. <laughs> so if it's too personal a question, you you obviously do not have to answer it, but you mentioned that you have lupus. Was this lupus diagnosis before or after you received your degrees in social work? It was before I received my degree. Um, I was diagnosed at 12. So okay. been dealing with it for a long time. So I have my bad, my good days. So I definitely know how to manage it. I know when I do feel, you know, sick or I just feel all. So at that point, I do know, hey, I need to sit down and just take a breath and just relax um because I just I just feel off so I definitely do know my signs and symptoms of when I do have my flare-ups so yeah awesome and so what I just heard and the reason I asked that question was you learned about the importance of self-care way before you even became a social worker and then now for it to be something that's incorporated into our 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 code of ethics it feels like that's an alignment, not only of what you do to take care of yourself, but also your personal values as well. Yes, ma'am. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Glad to hear that. Um, tell me, what did you want to be when you were growing up? I heard you 
you know, you had the the lupus diagnosis at 12 years old. And so, you know, what did you want to be when you were growing up? And I thought about this last night. Um, I just I just had a random thought. I was just like, I had no plans of going to college at all. <laughs> and I had a discussion with my mom and my brother maybe a couple of weeks ago as well. It's like I didn't have any plans of going to college. Like in high school, I did not have any drive of doing anything after school. Like this is this is being honest. I wanted to join the Air Force. Um, I tried to find every way possible where I can sign up without them knowing about my lupus. My mom said, no, um, no, just no, just no. So, and I, I definitely did want to join the Air Force. Um, that was what I wanted to do. And if I could do it now, I definitely would want to do it. And I think that's kind of the biggest thing is like why I wanted to get the VA is to work with the veterans. Cause I, I definitely want to be a part of that. So. I love that you did finally find your workaround. One, we're so glad you're in the social work family because I get to work with you, right? But yeah. then you found your workaround that you're still working with military population and a part of that culture by being at the VA. That is, that's awesome. I love that. How, how long, and again, this isn't on our, our questions, but how, because that was such a dream for you, how long did it take you to get hired on at the VA? I, you know, I work with a lot of social workers who talk about how difficult and how long a process it is. Can you speak to what your process was? So I interviewed with the VA twice. My third time, um, I got hired. Um, I had my interview at the end of July. I got a call the following week with a tentative offer. Um, so my onboarding process was started the beginning of August to November. Um, so it was like three, four months. Um, so that's how long it took. Um, some people in my um, orientation said it took them a year. So I felt like mine was very quick. Um, it's I guess it's just different, you know, if you a transfer or you new coming in or, you know, which VA facility you're at on the, you know, the, um, the, um, onboarding thing. So, yeah. I, the part of that story that I love is that your tenacity, you interviewed one, two times, three times. <laughs> it sounds like you would have kept oh. on. <laughs> I was not giving up. <laughs> I love that tenacity that you meant that you were going to be working with the military population and you got your degree. And I know, you know, we talked about you work with children and you work with family services, but it feels like your goal has always been to work with the military population and your tenacity and not give up to, to work at the VA. Yes. Yeah. And let's go. Let's. That's a great segue. Like, tell me a little bit about your social work journey. How did you get here and where do you want to go? Um, so get into, so right out of college, um, hard find jobs with the BSW. Um, so my first job was with LCYDC. So that's with the children. Um, so that's how I ended up getting into the children family services. Cause that's what I had my experience in. And I had a friend who was leaving the nursing facility and she got me in there. So that's how I started to be in the medical social work. And from there, I loved it. Um, everything about the medical social worker. Um, so I just felt like that experience there 
kind of would have helped me get into the VA. Um, so since 2017, um, I've been a medical social worker. Um, I absolutely love it. Um, but again, I did not want to be there. Um, I job hopped. <laughs> I literally job hopped. So I think I went from like three, four different jobs until I got to the VA. Um, I held two or three jobs while I was at the um at those places as well and still currently do. <laughs> so um but yes, um I don't know. I oh, think that's awesome. That's awesome. So what what I heard there was a few things I heard there. One job led to the next job, but each experience led to the so, next experience. Yes, definitely. And the other thing I heard was networking was important. It was yes. who you know. Mm -hmm. Yes, especially in a small area that I'm from, you got to know someone to get in. <laughs> yes, because it is definitely hard finding a social work position in um, the area I live in. So it, it it's good to know someone, especially if you're trying to get somewhere. So definitely. I felt like every job I had, a friend has helped me get through. Do you feel like, because, you know, I graduated from Auburn and I worked at Troy. And so those are some of the larger universities that offer social work programs. Do you feel like knowing, um, having having gone to larger universities, did that help at all? Or was it people within your communities helped? I believe it's, was the, it's the people within my community. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So the, you know, I'm thinking again, you got me all into the code of ethics right now. So the importance of human relationship is not only important with our clients, but also with, with our colleagues as well, not yeah. burning bridges. Yes, definitely. Yeah. yeah. We've talked about that in supervision too. Like don't burn, <laughs> even don't. when we're burnt out, don't burn the bridges of, because social work is such a small community. We help each other out. Yes. I want to speak to, because, you know, <laughs> what we talked about your self-care, right? And yeah. one of the themes that I'm, I, I'm hearing a lot more often, and I'm loving it because I'm all about that, is the social work soft life, right? And you, but yet I heard you say you were working two or three jobs. You did. And even now, as you're working at the VA, I'm like, those two things don't go together. Like, you know, having that self-care and working two or three jobs. So talk to me about this balance. Um, I feel like I balance it out uh quite well. I don't work a lot. Um, my second job is on the weekend. So I pick little random weekends to work. It's probably like once a month or sometimes twice a week, um, twice a month. Um, it just never every single day I don't do that. Um, I do make time for me. Um, I don't overwork myself and I felt like I need to work so that I can have the funds to do my self-care. So, um, and you know, I love to travel. So I work to save that money up. I, I'm working to save, to build a family. So that's why I kind of, you know, working those two, three, two, well, two jobs now, um, so that I can sponsor those things that I want. And I'm a expensive person. So, yeah. I love it. You got expensive taste. I love it. Do you, I know, you know, the VA was your dream job. That's what I heard. I'm not, I don't want to, you know, misspeak, but that was yeah. your dream job. You, you are new in it. So I'm, I'm going to assume you hadn't gotten your, your first check yet. 
But do you feel like now that you're at the VA and you're making higher salaries, you're not in these smaller town jobs, do you think you'll still have to work two, three jobs to support your expensive taste? I don't think I will have to. So we're going to see. I do have plans of leaving all that and just really focus on just one job. Um, but I'm. we're going to see in a couple of weeks. How did you, you know? And I want to they're, they're going to treat you well. They're going to treat you well. One of the things we talk about in uh, supervision, you're one of the goddesses of our supervision group is salary, right? And that you don't have to be a broke social worker. You know, one of the things in school that folks was like, you know, if you're going to be a social worker, you're not going to make any money. And we've learned that's not necessarily true. So even though you were working two or three jobs, it does feel like you're you're starting to make momentum on the social work don't have to be broke. Yes. Definitely. And I had that mindset when I first got out of school that, oh, we ain't gonna make any money. And I kind of felt that way being having a BSW that, you know, this, this, I can't live on this. Um, So again, that's why I ended up getting back in school for my master's degree so that I can have that more income and make more money and you know, see more into my career too, because I felt like it was more to do with the MSW than a BSW. Absolutely. And now you're working towards your clinical license. And what we know to be true is the LMSW, it opened up a lot of doors. And so if you can only imagine what the LMSW opened up for you, imagine what the clinical license is going to open up for you. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Is there is there a social work professional that inspires you that or has inspired you most along this journey? Um, I would say it have to be two people. Um, Her name. Her name is Miss Kimberly Cunningham. Um, she was my supervisor at the VA when I did my internship in undergrad. Um, she has helped me a lot. Um, she was a great supervisor, and still to this day, um, we do speak. Um, especially with doing an interview with the with the VA and things, she has given me pointers and things like that as far as what type of jobs to look for, what to say, you know, providing me the questions and things like that. Um, and I'll also say my, my classmates, like my classmates has really been by my side through everything. Um, especially like Marvia, Brittany Harris, like those girls has really got me through a lot of this, um, through this journey, especially getting with the VA and other positions and things like that. So I definitely would have to give my props to my classmates. Like those girls are like family. So, yeah. I love, and that goes back again to networking, right? Yeah. And making sure you, it's, and again, social work is such a small community, even though there's so many, we're in all the arenas, it's still yeah. a small community and loving that you mentioned even your classmates and how they may have helped navigate and help you get into some of the, open some of those doors. I absolutely love that. So Lucretia, knowing what you know about the social work journey, what are a couple of things that you may, you know, if you were like starting about to take step one, what are a couple of things that you would pack in your social work suitcase that you would encourage your younger self to take with you? Confidence. Mm. 
saying the confidence, like just having confidence in what you're doing, what you're providing. Like I felt like I didn't have that. I knew I had it, but I still questioned myself a lot um, in the things that I did do. But at the end, I see the results. I see my clients and, you know, what they had to say. Um, so I kind of felt better, um, but I always kind of second guess myself and some of the things that I did do. So I definitely would say like just hold, holding that confidence, just knowing that, you know, I'm the best social worker. Uh, I'm a great social worker and I know exactly what I'm doing. Um, so I think that would be the one of the biggest things I would carry with me. Um, and another thing I would like try to leave behind is like, just the negative things they say about social workers, like, you know, oh, yeah, you know, your children snatchers, we're not, we do a whole lot, we do everything, Um, like, we do it all, and, you know, we are great, like, access to the people in the community, like, I don't know. It's just a lot that we do. Like we do a lot. And I just want everybody to know that like as social workers, we do help provide resources, connect you with things in the communities, um, just help. And we make sure that you guys are taken care of and that, you know, families are straight, children are okay, elderly are okay. So yes. We do a lot. We're miracle workers. We do. <laughs> we do a whole lot. It's a lot to say what we do, but we definitely do a lot. And I just want everyone to see like the bigger picture of what social workers do is that we are just not the kid snatchers because that's the first thing they say. Oh, you take people kids. Oh, no. <laughs> I have never taken anyone's baby. <laughs> I never have. <laughs> I love it. And it, it is a great segue to my final question. And I, you know, before we start the uh, podcast show, I, I said to you, I was thinking about you earlier today and you're, you just have such a light, your energy is so light and, and you're just a light. And when I think about that light, the song, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine <laughs> came to mind. And then I was like, hmm, if Lucretia could wish upon a star about regarding the social work profession, what wish would you make um, as far as our social work profession? Um, I'll make a wish that, you know, God continue to carry us through this long journey. You know, everything's not going to be easy. Everything's not going to be rain change sunshine flowers everything like i just you know wish that god continue to carry us out and be able to let us provide those services and resources and things to these clients um so that'll be my wish and you know god continue to work with me and make me be the best a greater you know greater social worker and yes it's already done. You are an amazing social worker. That is exactly the reason I asked you to join us today. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for coming on the Goddesses of Social Work podcast. You have any final words you want to leave the audience with? Any nuggets of wisdom? Um, Just get out there and do it. Don't be afraid. Take that leap of faith. Um, you know, I, I have to tell myself all the time, take that leap of faith. Um, and just no one will stop you but you. So you're the only person to hold yourself back. So just keep pushing through. Well, I needed that word today. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Lucretia. We're so glad you joined us today.
Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Goddesses of Social Work podcast. We are glad you were here. If you like this episode, please come back to hear more stories of the journeys through social work and please leave us a review on Apple or Spotify. See you next time here on the Goddesses of Social Work podcast.